You're listening to The Owen 60. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Owen 60 Pod for all the latest news from around the OHL. And now here are your hosts, Reese Dumaney and Colin Ward. Howard Chuck down the ice. Hitting the line. Howard Chuck, beautiful! Scores! What a beautiful piece of work by this 18-year-old. Dale Howard Chuck. Wow! What a fantastic kid. Watch, he carries the puck down through center. He's got a teammate on the left. Use him as a decoy. Goes right between the defense. Splits him. Very calmly hoists the puck over top of Bunny LaRock. Rest in peace, Dale Howard, Chuck. Uh, it was a tough day uh, when yeah. you left the world, the hockey world. It was... Big loss. It was not fun. Yeah, it's a big loss. Um, arguably top three all-time Jets history. You include a couple other players in Probably there. Probably is. He probably is. Yep. In my opinion, I think he's number you one. You know, Timu Solani. Yeah, Solani's is in two. There. I'd go Solani two, though. I'd go Howard Check one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Solani. Um, yeah, that was that was a rough day. Yeah, it was. And you, you had a good tweet about him, too, eh? in, in Niagara Days. Yeah. Yeah. So this, this was even before I, like, started um, interning for the team. This was back, uh, I was still in grade 12, and I had done my co op at Rogers in Brantford, and. Um, the guy that was the host of the one live show that Brantford has, um, did play by play for the ice dogs, Ted Lehman. And, uh, so I saw his ice dogs jacket and at the time, you know, I was still kind of rooting for Kitchener just cause you know, I lived in Kitchener for what, five or six years. Like I wasn't a big fan of the spits when I lived in Windsor. I was, but I wasn't. And then, yeah. you know, I saw Jeff Skinner and, you know, Michael Catanachi, Landis Cog, yeah, Brandon Waxwell. I'm like. Kind of felt like a bandwagoner, but anyways. Um, and then, yeah, so I saw the Ice Dogs jacket. I'm like, oh, Niagara, eh? And he goes, yeah, I uh, call the games. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and he's like, what and do then, you mean? Uh, and I'm like, well, I'm later. a Kitchener fan. <laughs> then four years later. Yeah. <laughs> got the ice. You're sitting in a TSN 1150 studio with an Ice Dogs jacket on. I know, eh? Wow. Buffalo how, Bison's hat, full how, on Niagara. How, uh, how times have changed. I know, eh? I even have a Ice Dogs jersey with my name on the back. Yeah, that's true. Got a bargain on the jersey, though. It was like 60 bucks. That's nice. Yeah, it was mint. That's nice. Uh, so anyways, he's like, yeah, like, obviously you seem interested in the business, or like broadcast and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Do you want to come down to Niagara to see a game? And I'm like, yeah, that'd be awesome. So I showed up before 5, so free parking. Always before 5. <laughs> if you're on Niagara, that Ontario, is it Ontario Street? Yeah. Yeah, the Ontario, Ontario Street, Street parking garage. Go there before 5. Yep. Free parking. Free parking. You have to you have to click the button to get your ticket, Take and then it. obviously you put it in your windshield or do whatever you want. They don't check really. Or just um, tell them the Owen Sixty Boys sent you. Right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Nobody's there. Um, and then obviously when you leave, there's only a security guard at the gate, and he'll just wave you through. So yeah. Any tip to anyone going to a game in Niagara? Get there before five because it is an amazing downtown. There, yeah. There's some restaurants up there. Yeah. 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 Uh, so anyways, yeah, I got there before five, whatever. Uh, got into the building, went to the radio booth. Well, I met Ted downstairs because I'd only been to the Meridian Center once and as a fan. Um, so I get there, and Barry Colts are in town. I'm like, oh, okay, because this was the year the Ice Ducks were going for it, and Barry, Barry won the division. Yeah. Because the Ice Ducks finished fourth that year. Yeah, so I'm they trying had, to think of that roster. They only had home ice advantage in the first round. Yeah, that was the London uh, Mem Cup year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm just checking. Okay. Yeah. 
Wow. Back to your story. You and your night shirt. Yeah, I didn't I didn't even realize <laughs> that to be honest. Um so yeah, that was it was a great Barry team and like it's Niagara went through the playoffs. They swept Kingston. They swept Barry to get to the finals and got swept. Uh, they beat Ottawa in the first round in five, I'm pretty sure. So uh, good year for both Barry and Niagara. But anyway, so this is in October, I want to say, maybe the beginning of November. And like I said, Colts are in town. So we go down. And it does pregame interviews. So we uh, uh, went in the Ice Dogs room, uh, had a chat with Marty Williamson, met the whole uh, Ice Dogs coaching staff. And then... Uh, and then we went outside the Colts room. And I'm like, oh, who, who are you getting here? And he goes, oh, the head coach of the Colts. And at the time, I like I wasn't too big into Barry. Like I hadn't really like yeah, gotten just getting into started. Them. Yeah, you're just getting started. Yeah, and then uh, coach walks out, <laughs> and you're like, oh and I'm my like, god, I'm like, this guy looks familiar. Yeah. And Ted goes, and like he shakes Dale's hand, like he's happy to see him. He like Dale loved doing interviews. It was awesome. I. Saw him a couple times do interviews. That's the best. When you actually got people that want to be interviewed. Yeah. It's a great conversation. Yeah. So, and Ted goes, hey, Dale, this is uh, Reese. He's an intern at the radio station. He goes, hey, Reese, how's it going? Nice to meet you. You're like, oh, I'm like, my gosh. That's, that's Dale Howard. Dale Howard. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> I'm like, I knew I knew that face from somewhere. <laughs> that's awesome. And I'm like, holy crap, that was awesome. And then so they do the interview and just listening to him talk about the Colts and their season so far and um, their plan for the game that night. And I think Barry won by one or two goals. I can't quite remember. Um, You're just in awe, though. But anyways, yeah. Yeah, I'm just kind of standing there. Like, I probably should have been listening to take notes from yeah, Ted about just, everything. Uh, and, you're, just like, you're just staring at him. Oh, yeah, I listened to every answer, but I didn't uh, listen to one question. Uh, <laughs> Starstruck. Um, that's so, cool, though. You always remember your first time, and that's pretty neat. Your first like, yeah. game, basically. No solo lot, but you met Dale Howard. Jack. No, that's I bad. know. <laughs> that's bad. Um, yeah, and then the, so the interview finished. Uh, him and Ted talked for another 30 seconds to a minute afterwards, and um, it's over. Ted shakes his hand. I shake Dale's hand again. He goes, nice to meet you again. Like That's like, pretty cool. Geez, and then, again, I saw him a couple times up in Barrie when I was there um, on a roadie. But uh, yeah, that first time was uh, the first time's always the best. That was time. sick. That yeah. was awesome. Yeah, that's cool. The first time you ever get to meet a Hall of Famer, and not many people do get to meet a Hall of Famer. Like yeah, Bill Howard, Jack. That's pretty cool. Yeah, like, and I've met numerous coaches around the league. I've met Darian Hatcher, by the way. Don't piss him off. He is scary. huge. Yeah, he's very he's scary. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, who else out there? Trevor Latowski in uh, in uh, Windsor. Um, well, Billy. Well, yeah, yeah. Right, Billy Burke, yeah. Uh, David Bell, like I said, Marty Williamson. Um, Marty Williamson's up there too. Howard Chuck yeah, Williamson's yeah, yeah. pretty Well, part big. of the Colts organization. Dale Hunter, so. Dale Hunter would be cool. That hey, I have never met Dale Hunter. That feature, that featured game we had in Niagara, the makeup game this year, yeah, or last year now. Yep. That was pr- that's pretty intimidating when the first guy you see get off the bus in Niagara, you see the doors come open, and the first three guys you see come off the London Knights bus, Dale Hunter. Mark Hunter, Dylan Hunter. I mean, Mark and Dale coming off that bus the first. If you're out there playing soccer, stretching, it's like, oh no. Yep. Game on. Like that was pretty cool. The first time you see London. Yeah. It, it's Mark and Dale Hunter walk off the bus the first, like leading the arena. That's pretty neat. Yeah, that's uh yeah, that's something you'll remember all the time. And uh so yeah, it just it sucks. That was a crappy day. Yeah, it um, was. I mean you know, what Steven Brunt and by the way. 
Yeah. Shout out to Stephen Brunt. We got to uh, give him a lot of credit for that piece he did, that uh, video article, I guess they call it, yeah. something like that. Yeah, kind of like a mini doc. Yeah. Um, that was very well done, and we were actually having this debate, and I have this um, pulled up on my laptop as yeah, well. Yeah, Twitter poll. Yeah, Twitter this, poll. yeah, this is our Twitter we poll. We got two. Right we got out of two. That well, I want to test the knowledge. Where's Cornwall now in the OHL? Where's Co- what? Cornwall. Where are they now? Oh, ooh. That's a good one. I'd have to look that up. That Guelph Storm. Wait, I just gave that really? away. Really? I just gave that away. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I just gave Way that away. Way to go. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. It'll be out now anyways. Um. Yeah, because uh, the Niagara Falls Flyers are actually Saginaw now. Yeah. No, no, St. Catharines Teepees. St. Catharines Saginaw went to Saginaw. Now. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so this is going to be our Twitter poll. Was the Howard Chuck line in the uh, Super Series the best Canadian line ever? It is, in my opinion. It is. It's hard to top that. I mean, three Hall of Famers. Howard Chuck Chuck was, quote-unquote, like the third guy in that line. Played 1,000 games. Played 1,188 games, and he got 1,409 points in the NHL. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. I mean, he's the third guy on the line. Yeah, 500, 500 goals. Yeah, like, to me, that's the best line in Hockey Canada history. Yeah, and we were, yeah, like I said beforehand, we were talking about this, and I looked up um, recent Olympic teams for uh, for Team Canada, and we looked at World Junior lines as well. You know, we were thinking back to... Um, yeah, the World Junior Tournament in Ottawa, where Eberly scored with five seconds left. You think of the guys There's on been that some good team? Ones there. Uh, Tavares, obviously Eberly, um, Ryan Ellis was the D man on that, but um, Dustin Tokarski was the goalie. You like. know what? The best World Junior line: Domi, Duclair, Reinhardt. Points wise, you can't go up against that. That's solid. Best World Junior line. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, if you're going points wise. Yeah, but they had everything on that line. I mean. It's the classic uh, gold medal story there, too, before the gold medal game. And Max Domi's over there on one side. Yeah. And uh, Reinhardt's over on the other, just uh, slashing the guy from <laughs> Russia. Both guys. Take, Stir I the love pot. That. That's the best part about, like, big hockey games. When you see, like, the wingers just giving each other slashes and stuff. Yeah. Like, takes a couple seconds to drop the puck. I like that. Yeah, well, especially when it's Canada-Russia, Canada-USA, Finland-Sweden. like Yeah, Finland-Sweden's underrated. That's an it underrated is an underrated rivalry. I like watching that. It's a battle. But, I mean, yeah. Howard Chukaratsky Lemieux. Best line on Canada history. Yep. Yeah, well, and we compared them to in 2010 Nash, Crosby, Aginla. Pretty good line, but. Yeah, that's not. not yeah, it's not like the. Yeah. Howard Chukaratsky Lemieux line. Yeah, so then I looked even further back and. Back to the 2002 Olympics. Yeah, right? That's what I'm saying. I think I finished with a 75 in history in grade 10. Something like that. Well, your grade 10 history teacher better mark this up. (laughs) (laughs) I want a new report card in the mail. (laughs) Right? Yeah, for sure. Um, So in 2002, line number one for Team Canada included Paul Correa, Mario Lemieux, and Stevie Y. Hey, Stevie Y. Yeah, that's a solid. That's a pretty good line. line. That's a solid line. I don't think it's better than the Howard Chuck Gretzky Lemieux line. Well, that's what I thought. And then I looked at the 1998. Now, team yeah, Canada now lineup. that is closer. And this is the second line. So the first line was uh, Brenda Moore, Corson, and uh, Lindros. Yeah. That's still a good line. But line number two included Brendan Shanahan, Steve Eiserman, wow. and Wayne Gretzky. 
Gretzky though that was ninety eight. Yeah. That, so Gretzky was basically It's on the latter half. Yeah, if it was I still think the Gretzky Howard Chuck Lemieux line. That's second. In my opinion, that's second, the Eisman Shanahan Gretzky line. Yeah. So that's pretty solid because I mean Shanahan and Eisman win their primes. Yep. So that's solid there. Yeah, they were in the middle that's of second. winning cups. Yeah. Cups. <laughs> <laughs> Not lotteries. Detroit doesn't win lotteries. They win Stanley Cups. Exactly. I said that back on the last lottery. You did. They fall. Yep. Don't tank in the playoffs, though. Exactly. <laughs> Toronto. <laughs> Had to do it. Had to do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's still second, though, behind the Howard Chuck Lemieux. Yep. Gretzky line. That's incredible. To think about that. Gretzky Lemieux and Howard Chuck on I know. one line. I mean, when you watch their highlights and stuff, like, you're on the internet. It's pretty impressive to see some of the stuff they did, like the winning goal there against Russia. Yep. That's impressive. Howard Chuck on the face off there. That's pretty neat. I mean, yeah, it kind of get goosebumps watching stuff like that. I know because we weren't even like we we weren't even thought of. No, not by far. Yeah, my dad was supposed to go to that game. He went to a couple games. Come he, on, he went to a couple games. And he was sick. No. Yeah. Torch him. <laughs> Boston fans. Eh? That's brutal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He went, Man, he went to a couple games there, but he didn't. Need it. Gold medal game. He wasn't that was at Cops, he was right? Sick. Yeah, yeah, I thought so. He was so. sick, and the atmosphere in that place is incredible. What was it the one Hockey Hall of Fame commercial? Was one guy he was getting a hot, hot dog spilled <laughs> mustard on his jersey, and then Henderson scored? Like, yeah, yeah, that's that was funny. Yeah, the Bobby Orr one too. That empty seat in the background. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was uh, good commercials. They roll out. Yeah, the Hockey Hall of Fame. Fame. I was just gonna say that um, they're right up there. Yeah. Right. They're right up there. I mean, um, yeah. Well, we'll bring this around again because we've got to hit the break, and then uh, then we'll touch on this uh, uh, Erie Otters Oshawa Generals trade. Um, but some final notes on uh, Dale Howard. Chuck, uh, he was a World Junior player in 1981. He had nine points in uh, in five games. Five of those nine points were goals. And as the head coach of the Barry Colts, as you heard uh, on Stephen Brunt's piece. Uh, Six out of the nine seasons he coached in Barry, and this is starting in 2010-2011. Uh, Only missed the playoffs three times and lost in round two, lost in finals, round two, round two, round three, and round two. So every year he made the playoffs, they won one round. Yeah. At least. That's honestly incredible. It's so hard to even win a round. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Also, the Calder Memorial Trophy winner in 1981, 1982. Yeah, solid. So, um, yeah. Again, uh, Dale will be missed by everyone. And for those who didn't see it, there was a little memorial set up uh, outside the uh, uh, of Barry's Arena, where you come sign your name and um, write a little something uh, about Dale and just all the players going on Instagram, Twitter. Um, Posting just pictures of Dale and them. Uh, Mark Shifley put out a picture of Dale giving him a little piece of advice on the uh, on the Colts bench. Uh, Tanner Pearson as well. A picture looks like it might be at the draft or sometime shortly after of uh, him and Dale. Um, Andre Svechnikov at the draft in Dallas after he was taken by the Carolina Hurricanes and just goes on and on. Andrew Mangiapane, Rasmus Anderson, Kevin LeBanc. Um, Justin Scott, Mitch Theoret, who also uh, spent time in Niagara. 
I know he was one of the earliest players. I think he was a captain as well for the Ice Dogs too. But uh, he put something out. Aaron Luchuk, who spent a limited amount of time yeah, in Barry, Barry. Uh, putting something out on Twitter and just yeah, Kai Edmonds as well, the goaltender for the Mississauga Steelheads. Other guy. Yeah, yeah, it just, yeah. It just goes on and like I'm still scrolling and it's just non-stop so uh dale you will be missed uh, a lot by players fans media members other coaches yeah uh, and anyone really in the anyone hockey in the world ho- yeah anyone in the hockey world will miss maybe except sure. russia after, oh. after that goal but uh no no i'm kidding i'm kidding uh, it happened uh, dale was a big part of the hockey community so uh rest in peace dale um we'll miss you in the o yeah for sure all right on the other side of the break we got trades. Oshawa's quest for the Mem Cup began this past week. Oh, yeah. We'll look at the trade, see the pros and cons for both clubs. Uh, th- three picks going back to the Iriadas yeah, uh, from Oshawa. They have unloaded picks in the last calendar year. Yeah. Ir- well, I don't think one pick is actually from the Iriadas in this trade. You mean from Oshawa? Yeah, from Oshawa. Yeah. I knew what you I mean. mean. Other way around, blonde moment. Blonde moment. Blonde moment. So we'll get into that, and uh, we're going to be joined by someone who knows Kingston a lot better than us. Yes, sir. We'll tee that up after the break as well here on the Own 60 Podcast. This is the Owen 60. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Owen 60 Pod for all the latest updates and news from around the OHL. Welcome back to the Owen 60 Podcast. I'm Reese Domaney along with Colin Ward. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the Owen 60 Podcast. It's also got the link to our website. You can find articles uh, by our writer, Joel Vanderland, because he is better at English than we are. Big English guy. Yeah. English guy. I know, eh? Um, yeah, so teed it up before the break, uh, and most diehard OHL fans already know what went down. The uh, Otters and Generals hooking up. On a trade, Hayden Fowler is heading to Oshawa and going back the other way to Pennsylvania as a second rounder, a third rounder, and a conditional fifth round pick. Probably plays a certain amount of games. Yeah. Probably games. Mostly what it is. Yeah. Well, especially this year. This year, though. I mean, you only lose four. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. The. The picks, by the way, in this deal. Uh, so it's Kitchener's second rounder in 2022. Um, conditional fifth round pick is Oshawa's, and then uh, Mississauga's third rounder in uh, in 2024. It's a good thing that they have other teams' tr- picks because I feel like they traded a lot to Niagara for uh, Phil Tomasino, who, by the way, will pro- I think will make the National Predators. So I do mean, I. You too. That's yeah. Tough. Mm, tough name. I mean, I want to say for at least nine games, but I just, I, I just have a funny feeling it'll be permanent unless we have another Marcus Phillips situation. Yeah, that's where true. he just stays gains. But that's a defenseman like, thing, though. I think that's more of a defenseman thing. I don't think Tomasino's going to play a game in the AHL. I think he's going right to the show. The show. Yeah. <laughs> MLB the show. Yeah, Fowler. He had forty-two points in fifty-two games with Erie too. Not bad. He'll get more this year. Yep. I mean, they're in contention. That's solid. It's the second time he's been traded now, too. Yeah, he it was tra- a, Yeah, he got traded for uh, Radish and uh, Jordan Sambrook. I for, and he would have had to waive his no-trade clause because he was a first overall pick in 2017. Yeah. Interesting. 19th overall. Yeah. 
So, but there's a no trade clause for anyone getting traded to the states, no? Just the just first rounders. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Phil Tomasino had to waive his for Oshawa. Yeah. So for your first round pick. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Leighton Moore had to do the same when he was traded to Oshawa. That happens. I a think lot. most that, players. That from, happens a lot. You think about it, like a lot of players don't have first rounders. Yeah. Or? No one really, no one really rejects a trade if you're going to a contending team. But mm. this situation, though, right? Like, yeah. yeah, the situation depends where you're going. Yeah, like That's there's. I've heard rumors from certain players about them not wanting to go to certain places, but I'm not at liberty to say those players or those teams or nope. any of that. But um, yeah, I think this is just the start for the Oshawa Generals. Like you just said, Phil Tomasino has a very good chance to make the Nashville Predators. And how do you fill a hole that used to be filled by Phil Tomasino? Like, I think you're going to need multiple guys. Yeah, You don't need multiple guys. You'll need two, three guys. I mean, they're going to have to add two, three guys. doesn't matter if he's in or not. You got to beef up the bottom six. That's a big thing too, right? If you want to win the Memorial Cup, you got to beef up the bottom six too. Yep. You need penalty kill guys. You need always too. You need strong always. That's another situation. Yeah, and who knows? Who knows what Oshawa's next move will be? We've seen Niagara make two or er, two moves. Uh, we've seen them make a move for a goalie already. So, um, yeah, and looking at Oshawa, Jordan Coy. Yeah, that's another thing in OA season. Yep. That's another thing. Does Vegas send him back? I imagine they would. I think they will. And Papazakis, the backup. Uh, I mean, uh, he's d- not depends bad, on what, No, I, like, I mean, it depends what goes on with Vegas because we all saw that photo uh, with Marc Andre Fleury. Yeah, but Jordan Coy's not going to the NHL. He'll go to the AHL or East Coast League. Yeah, first. yeah, no, that's what I was going for. Like, someone, someone's going to move up from the yeah. AHL. Well, remember a couple years ago in Vegas' first year, they went through like five or six goalies? Yeah, Oscar Dansk yeah, was Otter. in one. Um, oh, Legacy. Yeah. Was one of them too. So Subban. Malcolm Subban. Was he there yet or was he in Boston? He was there. He was there. He yep. was there. Because he played there. Yep. He's in Chicago now. Yeah, he was the Robin Leonard. Yeah. That trade. Yeah, that's right. Um so I mean you never know, right? Yeah. It's like Phil Tomasino. He could very well be sent back to Oshawa right after training camp. Yeah, he's gonna know. get camp. He's gonna get camp and probably get some games because Nashville, after seeing their qualifying round, they need help. They need, you need to switch things up. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's in there. Yeah, there's a certain point where you have to realize, Pittsburgh. Geez, we kind of suck. Maybe we should trade Pittsburgh. some of our. Vets. You hear this, Pittsburgh? Like, Pittsburgh. Hear this? You know, That's get younger bad. and start developing talent. Yeah, start to look the at the professional future level as it fades out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you see, you see it in baseball now. It's tough to do with the NHL because you know it's the playoffs. And we saw Robertson, we saw Foodie, um, we saw Jason Robertson, Thomas Harley for the Dallas Stars. Like um, in baseball, you know, Casey Mize is up for the Tigers. Isak Paredes is up. Nate Pearson up for the Jays. Hey, like that's you a- have to do that, no matter yeah. what sport it is. Yeah, it's just the way. It, it's the way the world's going now. The sports world's going. It's cheaper. It's easier. It's more affordable. Yeah. It's more exciting. It's more exciting to me. Like when Casey Meisman his debut, when you see Twitter exploding, you see like the local uh, radio and newspapers all about Casey Mize, you get excited. That's almost yep. like your pit. It's all. It honestly feels like the playoff game that night mm-hmm. when they're making their debut. Like it's incredible. Like I don't. 
Even I mean, Tarek Skubal, who was a ninth-round pick for the Tigers. Yeah, you get excited for. Yeah. It's interesting, like, where if you kind of bring a free agent, you get excited, but it's not the same as when you draft a kid and you bring him up as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, sorry, and again, and and again well. baseball's a little bit more... No uh, I don't know what the right word to use for this is, whether you're more anxious to get players up, because baseball's not Status hockey. time. You need time to learn how to hit a 98-mile-an-hour fastball. And every level you go up is different. Yeah. Every level you go up. I mean, you go to the minors, guys got two pit, guys got two pits to fastball break. Well, you go to the majors, guys got three to four. Yep. It's incredible. Yeah, you guys start, are throwing Start seeing splitters, knuckle curves. <laughs> like. Well, you, guys got, you got guys like Chapman throwing 102, yeah. and then you break in an 89-mile-an-hour uh, slider, an 82-mile-an-hour yep. changeup. It's incredible. Yeah, and when you look at hockey, Game junior... Speed. Junior, they shoot the pucks hard, like they do. Yeah, but I don't think it's not the same as a thirty-year-old. It might be, but I mean, guys are more—they're smart. Yeah, they're smart. Yeah, they're, they're intelligent. Yeah. yeah, and this again, this is a better argument for a goalie because when was the last goalie that came right up? Mark Andre Fleury. Yeah, Fleury. That came like right up. Yeah, Spencer Knight's not even. No, Askarov won't. I doubt Askarov will. No, I don't think so. He's yeah. an AHL guy, though, so he'll be there. He'll go right to the AHL. From he'll go right to the AHL. Marco, Ro- yeah, Marco Russia, Rossi, yeah. too. Yeah. Marco Rossi not playing over in Europe. Great decision. Yeah. Great decision. Why would you do that when you can just prepare for the NHL draft? He's. I yep. doubt. It's what Lafreniere's doing. He's not going back to Ramuski. Yeah. Prepare for the draft. Why would you go over to... Well, for Lafreniere, he'd have to go over and come back. Yeah. For them, you might as well train, stay. The best thing for Rossi would be if there's other NHLers over there that he could work out with. Mm-hmm. That are older, been around the NHL. That's the best thing. Yeah. Because I think he's appealing in the draft. I yep. like him at four. I like him better than some other guys. But Wings pick. Yeah. That's yeah. why I said that. Yeah. That's why I said that. Yeah. <laughs> at four. Um, yeah. I'll just give you a quick uh, quick note on uh, uh, Roger Hunt's thoughts, the general manager of the uh, Oshawa Generals, on uh, on Hayden Fowler. He's like, after our import draft, uh, Hayden now makes our top six uh, complete. I've watched Hayden from yeah. from the first time he was a ma- minor midget in Kingston, and then be and then being drafted in the OHL. Jeez, Reese, holy! Um, I'm excited for our fans to. to see him wearing Jen's colors. So not not a whole lot there. Yeah, but not a whole lot still. to speak of, but it's solid. Yeah, he has some content there. I mean, yeah, they're bottom six. They needed it. You need it's so important. Your fifth and sixth forwards. And your last bottom six guys, you, it's so important. 11, 12, 5, and 6. Those guys are big. Yep. I mean, the bottom guys are going to be out there in the shutdown line, possibly against the second, third line, the other team. Yeah. And you got to make sure you're better than your rivals. I mean, Peterborough might have a decent year. You don't know. Depends what happens with Jones, who I imagine will be in Iowa. Yep. Akil Thomas, you don't know. Nick Robertson, you don't know. Yeah, Nick Robertson will be in Toronto. He'll yeah. be with the Marlies or the Leafs. Yep. Hard to say. Yeah, the Leafs got a clear cap, so he might be with the Leafs. Um, um, Leafs. Ottawa could still be good. Yeah, Ottawa. Sudbury. Yep. Sudbury, because Byfield's a question. He's a young, he's a young drafty this year. Yep. Uh, Kingston, and we'll get into this after the break. Yeah, but, Kingston's good. Um, they're still up and coming. You know, they're still a little bit young. I think it's more of the West that they'll have to worry for. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was going to be solid. The East is going to be good. Hamilton. Hamilton will be decent, yep. Yeah, you don't know. Just that division yeah. is a, is a little appealing. And, I mean, I have a feeling about Niagara as well that they're going to win some games. I have a feeling about that. 
just because you watched them play the most last year of any team, mm-hmm. and you see how hard they work, and they had a great draft. They had one of the best drafts, and they had a great deadline last year. They won the deadline. So you got pieces there. I feel like it's a, it'll be tough because the season's starting shorter, or yeah. like later. Yeah. But I feel like once they get 30 games in, get the halfway point, watch out. I think they might go on a little bit of streak, and I think they have the ability to beat the good teams. Because even last year, they lost 14 games in a row. But they were in games against Flint. They were in games against London. They were in games against Ottawa. Yep. Those three teams were major. They were major contenders last year. And without their number one goalie for three quarters of the season. Yeah. So that's why I don't think you can't sleep on Niagara as well. There's a bunch of teams there, but Niagara, they're in it. Uh, Mississauga, another team. Mm -hmm. Basically every team in the East we just named. I know. But it's tight. It's going to be tight. It'll be like the West in that part, like last year, how it was so tight. I think the East is going to be tight. There's not going to be a lot of room from 10 to 6. I don't think there's going to be a big difference there. Yeah, because North Bay as well, the draft they had. Yeah, North Bay had a great draft. I mean, North Bay getting Wakely in the second round to steal. He's a first-round pick. Yeah. He's a first-round pick. Um, Yeah, so it's... (laughs) I mean, they got the best defense. Can't really worry about divisions now. I'm obviously, unless you're leading, then you are guaranteed one of the top two spots. But um, in terms of the Eastern Conference, where North Bay, Niagara near the bottom, Kingston near the bottom, uh, Hamilton near the bottom. Those were the bottom four teams in the Eastern Conference. And yeah, and Hamilton was a, Hamilton wasn't the they shouldn't have been where they are. No, Jan Unique they move up to fifth or sixth. Yeah, with I him. mean Unique's probably MVP in the league if he doesn't get hurt. Yep, he probably finishes higher than Rossi, and Rossi had a great year. I mean, that's another one where I doubt he'll be back unique just because of how good he was here. He's almost too good to play junior. Well, and, and when we, when we had Reed on a couple months ago, he said that uh, most of the imports in their OA year, you'll see them in the AHL or the NHL. And with Arizona, if a spot um, gets, Which it will. Uh, gets it will. opened up, if Hall doesn't come back. Suspension now, too. Yep. Suspensions. You're going to lose a second this year and a first next year. Exactly. I mean... I think it should have been stiffer, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> yeah, the opportunity's out there for him. Yeah, Arizona picks. You got a chance, right? No second. I mean, yeah. I think this year, from the first to third round, you can get a good player. There's a lot of good players in from in round two. Like the ranking, I was looking at the North American uh, rankings, and there's like eight to ten guys I would love to have on my team right now. And that's pretty solid when you look at it, because you don't really know once you get out of the first round. Even the first round, there's a lot of bust. But yeah. the second round, it's nice to have that comfort where you kind of know what you're going to get from a player. That's another uh, solid thing to have. Well, and with us being Wings fans, that's where three second-round picks come in handy. And yeah, they you get three chances. each move up well, a spot. O- well, Ottawa has not their highest one. Ottawa but, has three. Um, Montreal has four yeah. picks in the second. And Arizona so loses it, so move on up. Yeah, you move up, which is nice. Yep. That's nice because if you pick one pick behind them, it's like, oh, no. Yeah, because there's only there'd only be thirty picks in the second round, not thirty one. You know what helps Detroit? Edmonton not making the playoffs. Washington losing in the first round. That's a Nick Jensen pick. Yep. That's a solid pick for Nick Jensen. Nick Jensen's a great defenseman. When he has confidence, he's good. I mean, that's like every I forgot player, about Nick Jensen. Yeah, but that's a good trade. Ken Holland. It is. Ken Holland made some Other good than trades. Bowie, but you know. Yeah, Ken, yeah, but he made some good trades, Ken Holland. But his free agency, like Signing is terrible. Yeah. It's terrible. It's like Pretty total bad. opposites. Yeah. Is there you go with the hand? Yeah. Um, I mean, Ken Holland will never beat the worst trade of all time. 
That is uh, between the Detroit Tigers and Florida Marlins. Yeah, Miguel that is. Cabrera and Dontrell Willis for Andrew Miller and Cameron Maben. Thank you. Yeah, uh, Maben came back. Miller left. Yep. I mean, Miller Miller would have been solid to have in that playoff run. Yeah. But, I mean, I'd rather have Miguel Cabrera have a triple crown here and go to the World Series than have a... Yeah, first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah. So, oh, for sure. For uh, sure. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of how I know we got into... Off topic, off topic a little bit, but that's what uh, happens when you start uh, talking about uh, the ice dogs, the trade. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So again, to recap, Baseball. the Generals receive forward Hayden Fowler, and the Generals trade to Erie second round selection twenty twenty two that belongs to Kitchener, third round selection in twenty twenty four that belonged to Mississauga, and a fifth round conditional selection in twenty twenty two that belonged to Niagara. Solid. So, so what it looks like for the Generals, and uh, more moves, I'm sure, are on the way, whether we'll see them now, whether the trade deadline will, well, the trade deadline will be more, e- even more important, just like baseball is, because it's right, yeah. pretty much, well, at, with September. pretty close to the start of the season. Yeah, so. Sept- yeah I think once September hits, you're going to start seeing moves. So I think the last week of September, you're going to want to have your training camp roster. Yep. I mean, it was 39 uh, like the amount of players going to camp in Quebec, I believe. Yeah, 39. 39. So if it's 39 here, you're going to want to get some depth and uh, know who you want. So, yeah, next week you might start seeing some big moves. Yeah, because who who knows how long training camp will actually be. Well, you don't know either. Once school starts as well next week, that's another thing. When school starts, that's risky, right? Well, that's the thing. Are all OHLers doing it online? Because high school, you thinking. have the I option think you to have do that. To. I think you have to. University as well. I think you're going to be online. Well, most universities are, are anyways, online. Yeah. Whereas but, high school is the you know the choice. Yeah, I think if I think it's a I think team has a lot to do with that team agent. Yep. And player obviously, but they do. Parents a, probably. I go on. Yeah, parents. They say for parents sure. are really involved in hockey well, probably school. more than they should be, but school is big. Yeah, yeah the school is big when you move yeah. to a different move well a different city. Yep. Different school. That's a big difference. Maybe a different country. Yeah, that's just going to say. Different I mean, country. American players will stay in Canada until, uh, or American team players will stay in Canada, uh, obviously, until I training wonder, camp starts. I wonder if the borders are not open. Like, if they're not open, I wonder if they'll they just rent ice. Extended it to the end of September. Yeah. So I wonder if it, if it goes another month, training camp won't start there. If so if somewhere. you're saying training camp, or so. It if the be, border gets closed until Halloween. Yeah. I think you start here. Like, I imagine there's front office guys. There's guys around in Canada from the American teams. Yeah. I imagine your Canadian guys, you can meet at some arena. That's close for everybody. Yeah. I mean, there's teams meeting in Oakville. There's teams meeting in London. There's mm-hmm. te- there's players of teams meeting everywhere. Yeah, when, I we, when we were golfing like with Gavin, he said he was on the ice with Maddox, Landon, Andrew Bruder from the Ice Dogs. Yeah, like, Telsenberg. Yeah. Yeah, that's solid. Like, I was just wondering, though, like, let's say he goes to Oakville. Got some Owen Sound guys there. Golf in a golf. He, play, <laughs> he starts your training camp there. Yeah. I mean, they won't because they're a Canadian team. They'll go to Owen Sound. Yeah. But I'm just wondering, like, Flint. For instance, you got a bunch of Canadians on your team. I'm just wondering, maybe you go play, like, maybe you do play at your affiliation rank in Strathroy or Leamington. 
Leamington. Yeah, send all of them to Leamington. Yeah, maybe you do that just for camp. Yeah. And by send the your Canadian camp, players to Leamington. Americans can go to Flint. Yeah. Yeah. No, like split squad type thing. Yep. Kind of like how in spring training goes, right? You're Kinda at each different diamond. Split up your coaches as well. Yeah, because they got Canadian coaches. Yep. So I'm just wondering, maybe they'll do that. And it's not ideal, but it's kind of the easiest situation to do. Yeah, it's easier for Flint and Saginaw because it's a, what, a, like, hour drive maybe to Across the border. Across the border, yeah. Whereas Erie, it's not far to the border. It's an it's, hour and a half or two hours, something like that. But um, depending on where the majority of your players are, if you want them to be central, if, like, you know, if they are would commute from home, if you weren't going to pay for a hotel or whatever, yeah. like... You have to go around Lake Erie. You, you do. You, you have to. Yeah. I'm just wondering, like, I feel like that's a good idea to have, like, you, let's say you have 20 Canadians that can't go there, but uh, 15 of them live within an hour, mm-hmm. an hour and a half. Meet at the middle of the arena. That's where you can, hopefully, if, if there's ice time available, yep. that's where you can do your camp for the day. Yep. The other five, if they're close together, they meet at an arena. That's how you should do it. Because that's the only way I think you're going to get camp in for those teams. Because yeah. and it's the only way to keep it going. Because if you stall, if you stall because the borders aren't open, you're not like we're gonna. The there's season's no, gonna yeah, go yeah, down. No yeah. season. The so queue will I, be fine. Yeah, for sure. Because no uh, border. It's just the American players coming for them. Yeah, that's tough. It's the only problem. Yeah, but can they get in? I think they it's can. 14 day, right? Yeah. It's got to be two weeks. Yeah. So, so you come in two weeks from now. Well, their training camp probably now. starts, what, two weeks from now? Yeah. So if you come in this weekend. Yeah. They've, pro- they've probably been in Canada, actually, for a week, probably. Wouldn't yeah. surprise me if they would have. Yeah. Get ready for Middle it. of August. Yeah, probably. That's what it usually is here. Yep. When there's no uh Yeah. Like, COVID. there'd be exhibition games Labor Day weekend. Yeah. Yeah, because next weekend, there's usually games. Yep. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, they're probably here. They're definitely here. First, they have to be. Yeah, they're here. Um, so, yeah, that's our take on a little bit of everything, I guess. A little bit of everything segment. A little bit trademark. of everything show. Yeah, <laughs> trademark. Almost like the podcast. <laughs> uh, all right, time for another break. Uh, when we come back, time to talk about the season that was for the Kingston Frontenacs. What's to come? Shane Wright, Zade Wisdom, Martin Chromiak. Questions about goaltending, Paul McFarland, the GM and head coach. Big one. Is it a surprise or isn't it? Poor question. <laughs> is it? I don't think it is. No, no I don't some, think so. It's kind of, cause, Just because it's it's I, common in the O. Like yeah, you see, it's very common. More yeah, than you see that all the time. Two or three teams do it. Yeah. So we will chat about that and more with the beat writer for the Frontenacs as well as Beckett Hockey, Marcus Budalier. On the Owen 60 podcast. This is the Owen 60. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Owen 60 pod for all the latest updates and news from around the OHL. Welcome back to the Owen 60 podcast. I'm Reese Dumaney along with Colin Ward and time to talk to the expert of all things Kingston Frontenacs because we are from more southern Ontario. They're out in eastern Ontario. And, well, this man just knows a lot more about the team than uh, than we do. It's uh, Marcus Boudelier. He's a beat writer for the Kingston Frontenacs as well as Beckett Hockey. And you can find him uh, on Twitter 
at uh, at Boot Hockey. He has uh, just released an article, actually, uh, in Beckett Hockey on uh, Washington Prospect. And, of course, he's hey. a big, big Caps guy uh, as well. I was well. reading uh, that. I was reading that. Uh, Connor McMichael. So, uh, oh, Marcus, yeah. thanks so much for doing this. Yeah, no problem. It's always nice to talk some hockey, you know, especially, uh, especially in this downtime that we had. And, you know, it looks like we may have something to look forward here, too, in terms of junior hockey in the, in the future. So, yeah, anytime. So, how has your COVID time been? And I know we're we're radio guys. We're not TV or, you know, we're not uh, writers by any sort. So, we kind of know where radio's been throughout this whole pandemic. But uh, in terms of yourself, what's it been like as uh, someone that writes? And uh, I know you also are uh, uh, part of a golf course up uh, up that way. So, uh, what's just this time been like for you? Yeah, well, it obviously was like everybody, just kind of a... Kind of a, you know, you didn't know really what was happening while it was going on type thing. I had been on the, uh, I was in the Kingston Road Trip actually in, in Flint and Saginaw there towards the end of March. And, and uh, you know, basically we got back from that game and, and I think the guys played two or three more games. But, it, you know, as we got back that week and then that was it. And you were wondering whether it was going to be a game the following week or the next week. And, and so you didn't even know when it really ended. So it certainly was a weird start because it just seemed like, you know, there, there, there wasn't. I mean, in the end, there was no end. But when, the way it all happened, with how long it took to, to even get to a point that we that there was not going to be an end to the season, just sort of made the kind of a weird end for me, in terms of how do you even discuss what the season was and and, and or what teams you, you thought maybe accomplished goals or or didn't or, you know, certain things like that. So. You know, just the start of it was kind of weird for me, and then then just being involved in the golf course business, you know, certainly kept me busy. You know, in the summer, and, and lucky as I am, I'm in a business that was able to still to still operate. So, you know, for me, the summer was was essentially normal, and then just doing some side projects. Uh, obviously, with the regular season not on, just doing some things like uh, like you'd mentioned with, with Beckett hockey and and whatnot. So. So it's been a, you know, it's been a, I wouldn't say a particularly, you know, fun summer, but, but, you know, that being said, I understand the sort of the issues at hand and I think everybody's just making the best they can. Yeah. So uh, let's get to the fronts. Paul McFarlane, head coach and GM. Are you surprised about the GM uh, naming or was it expected? Well, I mean, if you ask me if there was no GM, in, in, in place in Kingston when he was hired, uh, you know, I think the obvious answer would be, well, he's going to be both those positions, just given his tenure and, yeah. and experience, not just with the NHL, but certainly his time in the OHL before that. And uh, so, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't have been, I would have just assumed that would have been the case. And, and so, you know, when he got hired as head coach, well, with uh, uh, Darren Kiley still in that role, yeah. Uh, you know, I, at that point, I just assumed that that would be the case that they would be working together. So I, I, I have to admit, I was a bit surprised at the uh, at the uh, not extending Kylie's contract, and and which case, you know, at that point in time, I had, I, you know, my mind changed. I have to say, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised at all that that he was handed that, you know, given that job, just given yeah. the fact I said to you before, if they, you know, if they were looking for a GM he would have been a, a frontline candidate anyways. And so for him to do both jobs, I think, you know, it, it, you know, if you've heard his interviews and, and whatnot since, I mean, yeah. he certainly has confidence and, and I know he's a hardworking guy and I think uh, he's going to have some support to, to handle some things that, that, you know, the other GMs may have to do that he won't have time for. But in terms of player personnel, I think he's a guy that has a vision and, and uh, you know, you know, wants to sort of have everybody on the same page. And and you know, at the end of the day, 
I think it's probably bodes better for the team to have somebody with this with this with just the same voice. I think it's the team, team that. Yeah, well, I mean that's the bonus. I don't think that, you know I don't see a move made like this. I've probably not been with the team before. Yeah. Um, that being said, there's not a lot of players that are around before then. But he does know obviously the organization in the city and. And the organization knows him, and and so for them to make a move like that, obviously, uh, you know, Curtis Foster was very well liked here, and not just by by fans and and, and ownership, but the, I mean the players, and that's really what was most you know important part about when you letting a coach go, you know, he better get that right because you know certainly the players and the team uh, wins and losses last year, while there were certain structure things that you could you could point to. They, they they did play better and they were on an yeah. on an increased uh, projection last year, and ultimately and mostly important, the players played for for Curtis Foster and and nobody could argue that. And I think any coach that's really what you want. And so when they let him go, you know you're certainly wondering whether well, you know they got to be making this right. So to bring in an NHL level, level caliber coach and and when you think about it, it, it would be a hard decision or hard to disagree with with maybe i i was kind of wondering how it went about when you when because the gm hired the coach and then the gm was let go and then the coach became the gm if you look at it like that i guess you know there it seems kind of strange but when you look at the totality of it, as we sit back here now um i don't think there's any surprise and and i think just the fact that mcfarland has a real serious goal and wants to win in this city like he was disappointed he didn't get to finish his, his business a couple of years ago you know, I'm just yeah. not. You know, long story short, I'm not surprised at all. Maybe just how we got to got to this mm-hmm. point, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, when a guy wants to leave the NHL, you know, specifically even let's say Toronto, much of a least of a Leafs fan than I am. <laughs> but you know, I understand that's a big job, and and you know, to to openly leave that job, uh, not being let go, to literally walk out the door and want to come back to an NHL franchise, I think as an ownership, you, you would have to seriously look at that. So. So, yeah, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, as I said, after everything's all said and done, I completely understand it. And, and you know, the more I thought about it, the more I'm supporting the decision. It was just uh, it was a little bit strange how we got there, I guess. Yeah, you mentioned about getting it right. And with Kingston, they've had good teams in the past. You think of the players um, that have played there, and I'll uh, in terms of uh, recently, uh, in 2016, uh, when you guys were beat out uh, by the Ice Dogs in four games, just thinking of that team and the amount of, amount of talent that was there. And then in 2018, um, losing to Hamilton in the uh, in the conference finals with uh, Jason Robertson, Jacob Paquette was there, just to name a few. Um, and then coming into this and year... Velarde, yeah. Yeah, get yeah, Velarde, yeah. Um, just coming into the future for Kingston, and I, I, I know the expectation probably isn't to compete for a championship whenever this season uh, gets going because talent's still young. You know, you got a few players that are draft eligible this year, two for sure uh, that will be taken. Um, so, in terms of getting it right, did that make this decision even more important for the ownership group? Just to you know, give Kingston that team that can, you know, they can go to and they know they'll contend. They know they're going to win and um, they've got the players to do it, especially with Shane Wright and Zade Wisdom. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously drafting a player like Shane Wright this caliber, I mean, I think your, your plans obviously, you know, change. I think kind of similar to when Edmonton, you know, you get a player like McDavid. I don't think that they had planned to be sort of going for things as quick as they had. They were in a sort of in a plan to, to build and rebuild, and they got McDavid, and they decided to go a different route. And I'm not sure it worked out as well for them, but junior hockey, 
you don't have that much time as you guys know and so mm-hmm. yeah. you know when you do have a, a, a you know it's a, I don't know. I don't want to place you know all the all the pressure on on Shane here, but when you do have a player his caliber, you know that's there. There's no decision need to be made because he's not going to be. You can't sign him to an eight year contract you know, like you can in the NHL, or, or just assume he'll be here the rest of his life. So you really do have to to make a decision on how you're going to quote unquote go for it. And being that they had just done that a few years ago with that very person in 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 the in behind the bench and and, and handling some of the player personnel. You know, I got to think that that's you know not only gave the Frontenacs confidence, but should give fans and, and and people like myself confidence that as you guys alluded to earlier, the guy knows the team and the league and and whatnot. So um, it's basically he's just carrying on where he where he was really. I mean, you know, the, some of the yeah. some of the structure and system may change, but even Curtis Foster worked as an associate coach under him, and Luca Caputi was associate coach and through the, through Curtis Foster. And so there's, there's still going to be a connection there through, through I'm, I'm sure, through that system of play. Yeah, for sure. That So you, when you were around the fronts a lot last year, how mature was that top line of Chromiak, Wisdom, and Wright? I mean, everyone knows Shane Wright, but how underrated is Zade Wisdom and Martin Chromiak? Yeah, well, I mean, the pair of them, you know, right, right from right from the get-go, uh, Zade Wisdom and Shane were, were pretty much, you know, I, you know, you know, maybe not the first period, the first opening lineup, but within the first couple games, uh, you know, you could see that they were going to be able to, to have some chemistry together. Just, I think their games offset each other. Zay likes to to get the puck and 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 shoot, and Shane likes to get the puck to to his teammates and 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 shoot himself. And uh, with both of them being such tenacious puck hunters, when they don't have the puck, you, you know, you could tell that if they could just get, if they could have somebody on on the uh, sort of on the other side that understood. Uh, the two-way side of the game, then it could help, you know, alleviate some of their abilities to to not have to, you know, sort of fend for themselves and they're in their own end with, with say, a younger player or whatnot. Just because obviously he's aged in his second year and Shane, you know, thinking the game at like a second-year player, let's say. Yeah, for so, sure. Uh, yeah, uh, when Komek was taken in the expansion draft, you know, obviously everybody was was hoping and expecting he would have been here early on, and I think the plan would have been those guys would have been together likely the whole season, and and so. That wasn't the case, and and you know, so the first sort of half the season up until the World Junior Tournament, mostly, um, you know, I would say is I wouldn't say necessarily revolving door players with with Zayn and Shane, um, because I think that would sort of demean a little bit of the talent level of some of the guys they did they did play with before he got there, mm-hmm. but uh, but yeah, Dustin uh, Dustin Hutton and and Tinchuk both uh, had some pretty good stints on that line, and both put up some numbers while they played there. Um, so you could tell if you just had, it, it, depending on the level of talent and 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 the ability, I guess, the specialization of that third forward. Yeah. And with Chromiak's specialization being essentially shooting the puck, um, when he got here, yeah, throwing him on that line essentially opened some ice up for the other two. And uh, I think uh, with Martin's, uh, you know, when you, you spoke of maturity and. Martin's, a, you know, he's been playing pro hockey already for yeah. a couple of years, and so he's he's got the ability to understand what it takes, you know, learning from men and whatnot in, in the league that he played in, not just during the game and stuff, but certainly pregame and getting yourself mentally prepared and things of that nature. So I'm sure he was able to to sort of help Shane and, and Zade and those kinds of things, and and just their, as I said, their their there's uh, abilities when you put them all together. Um, there's not a style of a game that you couldn't play with them right now. Whether you wanted to play a, a tight checking game, or you, you know, we got a little bit of a track meet. Uh, you want to play it physical. I mean, that that line. And you know, Shane, I think is underrated physical player. That doesn't mean you know. Obviously, you guys know it doesn't mean dropping the gloves, yeah. but 
he's a very physical player. He's he's not afraid to go get the puck, not afraid to get hit, not afraid to take hits. And so very mature too. So yeah, yeah. No, it's it's. I think I think we've talked about this before. I'm sure. I'm not sure how long or sorry how many other people are seeing this, but I'm starting to hear a lot of people talk about it. And I don't think it'll be a big surprise that they'll be the best line in the OHL this year. Generally speaking, yeah. yeah, that's my expectations, and to be at least a top three line in the OHL next season. Yeah, and I, th- I think we were talking earlier, uh, earlier on in the year, um, early, uh, earlier episodes uh, about where this team would end up. Uh, obviously, <laughs> this is you know contingent on whether there's actually a season, and of course, the beginning of December uh, is the planned start date as of right now so uh for you marcus where do you have them at because we thought so they finished eighth uh in the standings once the ohl called it quits and everything and um colin and i had both mentioned that we could see them possibly go as high as five depending on how you know other rookies have developed through this offseason and through training camp for other clubs but uh Colin and I see them around five, six, or seven. But for you, where do you see them ending up? Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I've been trying to think about that too. And right now, it's, I think like you guys are probably figuring out it's with the, even the player personnel on, on the teams right now. Just given the weird circumstance we're at with the start of the season, we don't exactly know even if some of the players who we would have normally expected would be back on teams. Like, let's take a base in McTavish, for example. Yeah. Um, whether, you know, and I don't know anything, obviously, but it is certainly something to consider whether or not players like him do actually stay or play in Europe this year um, in order to get a full season in. And, and, you know, let's be honest, some of them maybe will start to get paid. So, you know, that because that's a huge difference. You know, you take, uh, uh, you know, obviously we know Hunter Jones and guys like that are gone from a team like Peterborough because that would be a team I would expect Kingston would have to be battling for to, to mm-hmm. sort of move up in the standings. Um, but then if you take a Mason McTavish off that team, that's you know, it changes things huge. So, so obviously it's a little bit difficult, but I mean, to me, I think you, you guys have them at the least, I would say. I think they can certainly battle for, the, for, for even in the top four positions, but um, anywhere... You know, I, w- I wouldn't say just any any. It's not to me this year isn't going to be a matter of of how many points they got or what position yeah. necessarily they get in. I think you want home ice advantage. I think you know, obviously that's something you need to shoot for, um, especially in hockey, in my opinion. But I think more what they're going to be is is in you know I think you see this in in most pro hockey styles, and then this is where McFarland's coming from. He's going to have that team building up to be in a playoff team towards the end of the season. I you know so whether that's Second you know, half. Is that affected? What's that? The second half of the season, right? Improve on the second. Get the first. Then yeah, the se- yeah. So I don't, I don't think he's going to be necessarily. And, and you know, I think you guys know what I mean. It's going to be, you know, all about you know the two points from mm-hmm. day one in, of the, of the, of the campaign. Now he's not going to have, uh, you know, he's not, I don't think uh, McFarland would be too pleased if they had gone two and eighteen. I, I don't expect that. No, fans wouldn't like it. Weird. No, and they had lost a few overtime games to Ottawa even at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oshawa, they lost overtime twice in that stretch. I mean, it was just a weird, <laughs> weird thing. But, but yeah, I don't expect them. So don't, it's not a rebuilding season in terms of that. It, don't get me wrong. But I think you'll see a team that he's going to prepare to play and win in the playoffs versus caring necessarily can, can, we, can we, you know, get up another spot in the standings. But I think you guys are probably bang on there. But, you know, I think they have potentially to to me, you know, I don't think they can win that division. And you know, Ottawa is I think still going to be pretty good. Um, even and now we're hearing Rossi may not even be back there either. So I think yeah. that's, a, that's a huge difference, right? Yeah. Um, 
And so, yeah, between between them, Peterbilt, and Oscar, because obviously last year, you know, basically they're all in the same division, all seem to be the best teams in the East. I think you, you I think you see Kingston still having to sort of wade through that pool of teams in their division. So I don't see them winning the division, but but I think somewhere in that four or five stage, yeah, so I would agree with you. Right. Other than Chromiak, Wisdom, and Wright, now you got those second year guys that, well, the rookies last year. Who are you most excited for to fill into that second line role now that's now in their second year? Well, I mean, there's a couple, probably a couple ways of looking at that. I mean, uh, you know, like, look, I guess let's start from the back out because, uh, you know, they had, they brought in, you know, some good, good rookies last year. Um, You know, their top four draft picks all made the team last year, which, uh, you know, I I don't know if necessarily that's, that's the, something that doesn't happen all the time but but the thing in the case here is that all four of them are not only did they play they became pivotal parts of the team by the end of their rookie seasons and so you know looking looking we had just talked about the defense being gone with uh, Nick King and Jacob Brody moving on from uh, you know as overagers well Braden Hache who was their fourth round draft pick in you know out of the OHL last year you know him his rookie season last year he did get hurt uh, you know and had to miss a few games right as we sort of got it coming or sort of, he only came back just as we were getting into the pandemic. So we didn't get to see a full look at him back being healthy and maybe playing playoff hockey as a rookie defenseman. But that is someone who I think is going to take a huge step this year, you know, not in terms of points and things, although I do think we'll see a, do think uh, he's a little underrated in, Steady, in movement and whatnot, but uh, I think you're going to see a big, big, you know, sort of, leadership change in, in, in sort of role uh, taken on by some of the younger players uh, just because of, you know, their, their, the roles they played last year, they played a little bit more than maybe some rookies would on other teams. And I think that was, that was meant to be that, you know, in terms of just like Jake Murray played a lot, his rookie season and yeah. probably going to pay dividends here going into this year. So yeah, on the back end, I would expect their second year player like Graydon Hachet to take a huge step. And then uh, of course up front, um, between you know they had with Maddox Callens hey. and uh, sorry Lo- local guy for me I had to say that hey. yeah yeah no I mean uh, well, I like Maddox taking the, the biggest step not obviously because Shane, we all expect Shane's gonna you know we you know no he's not gonna go down in points and it's just a matter of how many more points he's gonna get in terms of, of focused on points and and mm-hmm. Shane's just gonna only gonna get better every every game you see he's only better so. I expect sort of that kind of stuff, but when you say about you know in terms of who I expect to take big jumps, yeah, I would look at, at a player like Marius Counts. Um, you know, three goals last year, I think twelve or points or somewhere in that vicinity. But uh, you know, he was probably one of the more consistent rookies. That you know, in terms of his play on, in a two-way game, you know, right yeah. side, just responsible. The uh, you know, Wright's ability to play at a you know probably two or three-year level above what his age is. But yeah, Maddox, I would say is going to, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't see any reason why Maddox couldn't score 15 to 20 goals this year uh, and use his physicality a little more. Now that he's going to be a little more confident, I'm sure he's probably, you know, put on a couple pounds and, and yeah. you know, I've seen him. I'm sure he's put on maybe even he's put on an inch or two or something like that. But his playing style suits what Kingston's looking for in that second line role to, to have someone with a little, a little more increased ice time than he had last year and utilize his, his size to play a strong two-way game and, that's why I say um, with Max, I don't. I'll do it. That's a big jump. I mean, you know, hopefully I don't put the the ball on his shoulder too much. <laughs> but I think he can get fifteen to twenty. But more important to me is I think he's he's got he's got the biggest ability to change in terms of uh, his a player who can control a shift. 
Um, with the way he plays, you know, no, no, no pun intended, but you know, he's out there making sure life isn't comfortable for anybody. And yeah, and and you know, he I think is going to you know now that he's getting bigger, a little more confident, understands the league more, understands the other teams' players more. He's going to be able to you know pick and choose certain times to make his physical game work for him versus trying to find a way to use it. He'll he'll just he'll he'll he already knows that now, and so. So yeah, I think a player like him is going to really change the outlook on the team because, you know, if you you know you don't want too many players of one sort of caliber, and I think Mattis gives you you know a player who has all the tools. It's just a matter of of him putting them all in the toolbox and sort of coming at you because he can play it any way you want as well. Yeah, for and, sure. Um, so, you know, and I look at a player like Francesco Curry, um, you know, is also probably going to take a, you know a good jump just simply because he wasn't getting the ice time. That you'll probably see him get this year. Now, I don't think he has the two-way game that that a player like Maddox could bring, and so he's going to have to work on that in order to maintain some of that some of that ice time if he wants to to play sort of in the first couple lines. But certainly, Francesco Arcuri has the scoring ability uh, to play with those guys, and I think you'll see early on in the season that he will be on uh, on those top two lines. If I was guessing, yeah, uh, just simply because of his experience um, playing with guys like like Shane back in in Midgen and whatnot. So. Um, yeah, I, I think those, I would say those three, I mean, it's easy answer. They were the top three draft picks from, from two years ago, but, uh, you know, obviously with the loss of King and Brahani, I think you'll see Hashay take a huge jump and, and just, uh, with the ability to get a little bit more ice and a little bit more confidence. Um, yeah, I think Callens will probably be the, take the biggest jump in terms of forwards. Yeah. And you just, uh, one last one for you here, Marcus, uh, you just mentioned that King and, uh, Brawny aren't back next year. They were uh, OAs along with uh, goaltender Christian Prop. But uh, looking at the decor, every one of them was a left-handed shot. So if you're Paul, Paul McFarland, whether it's a priority or if it's just you know something that's on a list and you just want to check it off and uh, bring someone in, but uh, how much of a priority or high, how high up on uh, McFarland's list is it to get a right-handed uh, shot defenseman? You know, that's a good point. I, you know, obviously not having a chance to talk to him yet, specifics about those kinds of things. I, I, you know, I, I wouldn't know what, what his thoughts would be, but I think we, we, we could probably surmise that. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a disadvantage to have all your defensemen, you know, whether it be, I don't think you'd ever see it all right or, all, or you know, all right-handed, but I think it's a, it's, I don't know if it's going to be something that that he himself is sort of looking at certain players to go out and make moves to get, and, and would risk maybe making a uh, a lesser player move specific to a hand in this on defense. But we, we, as we talked earlier, there's certainly going to be some movement, whether it's a bring, whether it's another overage coming in or a potential trade. And I think I think both of us would, wouldn't be surprised to know if in his mind. Um, if he had his brothers, yeah, I could see it being a right-handed defenseman. It's just, you know, given on their power play and, and things of that nature alone. But you could see it last year. I mean, the Farnacks did have trouble getting out of their own end at times. Um, and a lot of that didn't have to do with the other teams necessarily pin them down is that Farnacks would have possession and then lose possession on, you know, on the way out of the, of the end. And all of that, a lot of that comes with just, just little things. And, and I think if you had, the ability to at least have a couple of right-handed defensemen with the, you know, that they can now take the puck off the right hand off the wall. They might have a quicker, easier time getting the puck out or passing it or whatnot. So, you know, I think you're onto something. If, uh, you know, if I'm, we had our sort of guess, a professional hockey coach uh, in the back of his mind, I'm sure that's there. Yeah. 
Uh, well, Marcus, that was a That's fine. That, that was a great chat. Uh, we really appreciate you coming on. Uh, give us a little insight on uh, what the Frontenacs um, are looking like this off season, heading into next season, and uh, we'll look forward to chatting again down the road. Yeah, well, I'm sure it'll be a team that lots of people will be talking about, and I think you guys mentioned you guys made a point earlier. I think this year they're obviously going to improve, and uh, but I do think uh, a lot of this this rebuild quote-unquote, I don't like to use that word, but uh, is really, uh, you know, working towards next season or the sort of the 2021-22 season before Shane gets drafted. Um, I think we all are looking at that season is probably going to be quite the season here in, in Kingston. So hopefully some good improvement this year and, and uh, you know, and uh, some playoff hockey. And then next year, maybe, uh, just maybe, Kingston can finally make a Memorial Cup. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Marcus. Yeah, Appreciate thank you. All right, you bet. Thanks, Reese. Talk. That was Marcus Boudelier, the beat writer for the Kingston Frontenacs, as well as Beckett Hockey, and I mentioned off the top Fun his talk. latest article for Beckett Hockey uh, on Connor McMichael. So check that one yeah. out for sure. It's a good read. Fun talk. That was fun. Yeah, it I mean, was. We were, talking, we were talking about this earlier off air. I don't know about you, but 35-45 win team, Kingston? I'd put them between 30-35. I don't know if they're up around 40 yet. I don't know if they're yeah. there. Yeah, that's only if they take a huge step. Like, yeah. if Shane Wright takes a step, which I believe he will. Oh, he's yeah, probably yeah. the most mature kid in the league, and he's the young, one of the youngest. Yep. That's the one there where if he takes a step, that's probably good enough to get 10 more wins than last year. Yeah. One, one player, one superstar player in the OHL yep. wins you 10 more games. It's incredible. Well, and that's we were also talking about this uh, uh, beforehand, and we didn't get a chance to... Uh, uh, get it in, but uh, Ryan Dugas, the amount of work he's got to put in, and yeah, you know, he like like Marcus was telling us before, he's he's good enough to be mm-hmm. a number one for a contending team, and you know, Minor like we were talking about, Shane Wright will more than likely be gone after he is drafted in the NHL. So the yeah. window is. It's big, but it's not really that big. It's, it's not two when you years. Think, yeah, you got to build it up this year for next if, year. If you're building around right, yeah, obviously, yeah, because Which next year, to. next year's probably your last year. That's why I think. Yeah, yeah, you have that's two why more. I think. That's why I think they'll be a little bit like Erie, like how Erie yeah. was. McDavid was there, right? But then after that, you got the Stroms, the Radishes, the Debrinkets. Yep. Where that's where I think Kingston will be. Collins is a good player. McCurry's a good player. I mean. Ludwitsky, their first round pick this year, is a solid player. Yeah. Hache is a solid player. Yep. They got that piece there. Dugas, solid goaltender. He's going to be there for a couple of years. Yep. There's some guys there. There's some pieces. Even Zade Wisdom is going to be there for another two years. Yeah. They're, oh, yeah. yeah. There's this year, next year. Yeah. We'll see. But they're set up this year to make a, a decent run. Yeah. But I next can see year, second round for Kingston. I could yeah. easily see that. Going to say that now, though? They own 60 effect? They're going to win a playoff I think, round? Yeah, I think we That's could. That's talks in Kingston. I think so. Winning a playoff round. Well, because Marcus has them that they, if they hit their stride yeah. and just they're off and running, that they could be in the four spot. And you, you, we've seen over the past few years, if you're in the top four, you're expected if to win in things. five games or less. That's just the yeah, way just, it's been. Yeah, but that four to five series is tough. That four to five series is tough. Mall. It is, Easter's, but there has been a Easter, couple sweeps. Yeah, the Eastern Conference yeah. is a bigger difference in the West. Yeah, yeah, and the, the West, West you'll you see it battle. go six and seven. The West where, you got a battle. Yeah, and the East, the East in previous years it's been five games or four yeah, games. Yeah, if they're playing a manageable team, I mean, 
Ottawa is going to be tough, like you said. Sunbury's I could see Kingston tough. Hamilton first round. I could see that matchup potentially, hit, whether yeah, it's four Oshawa, or five or. Well, Oshawa will be one, in my opinion. I think Oshawa is the top. Uh, I think Ottawa will go two. Yep. Then it gets interesting. Yeah. Then it, I think it's Hamilton. I think Hamilton's third. Hamilton's good. Like, yeah, they had a great draft. They had a good import draft. They're set up good. I pro- I bet Kaliev will be back because Dudas and uh, Akil Thomas will be the new ones to that L.A. system, plus Ingham. Yeah. Those three. So I don't know how much Kaliev will fit in four guys at once. I feel like the th- Yeah, because he was drafted. I don't want to put them all in at once. He was a year later. Year, right? Yeah. So that's where I think it's Akil and Aiden's year to go up. Yep. And then the year after, then Kaliev will follow. He's a second-round pick. Yeah. So I think he'll be back with Hamilton. I think they'll be solid. I mean, like how uh, Reed Duthie said when he was on our draft special, I mean, Isaac Nurse had a lot of impact on those guys, and yeah. there's a lot of guys there that learn from him, and you're going to see a lot of kids in Hamilton step up. So I think they're third. Then, yeah, Kingston could be four, but maybe Sudbury. If Byfield's yeah. back, look out. I think he will be. I think he'll get it. I, yeah, I think he'll get nine games. I do. I think he'll. Oh, for sure. I think he'll play in like that, regular yeah. season games. But again, it's a matter of how many regular season games he's in. Um, so yeah, it's. I don't. I don't. It, you can't predict it. And Marcus said it. This is a pandemic. You can't predict anything. You and I mean, can't. it's been a weird year. So. Um, again, thanks to uh, Marcus Budalier for uh, joining us here on the Own Sixty Podcast. We'll take a break. Yeah, Come back. Uh, very good news. End the show with a good news. Segment. Yeah, uh, coming from the goal crease with the Niagara Ice Dogs. So we'll get into that next, and then wrap it up here on the Own Sixty Podcast. This is the Owen Sixty. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Owen Sixty Pod for all the latest updates and news from around the OHL. Welcome back to the Owen 60 Podcast. I'm Reese Domaney along with Colin Ward. We are on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the Owen 60 Podcast. And end the show on a very good note, especially Just if say. you are an Ice Dogs fan. I'm sure you've seen on Twitter hey, and Hockey Instagram League fan all the in general. Yeah. CHL fan in general, WHL, Quebec yep. League, yeah. everywhere. I mean, this is huge. This is great for hockey. Yeah. Uh, Tucker Tynan, back on the ice. Yeah, that's nice and to see. And looking good. Yeah, he looked great. I mean, his lateral movement side to side, he's feeling the net really well. Yep. Like he looks like he looks like mid-season. Like he looked really good there in the videos that I've saw from the Ice Dogs on Twitter, Instagram. Mm-hmm. He I mean, he's looked unreal right now. Like I'm excited to see what this kid can do cuz I believe he'll be back. I believe he'll be back. Yeah, oh, yeah, fine. yeah. He'll, he'll be in the ice. I think it's his net to lose. I think so, too. I think uh, they got Murphy just for a veteran presence. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Veteran presence for him. Yeah, Rosenzweig I mean, will a, still be the third guy because you have yeah, to have Yeah, that's three. another thing, too, for Rosenzweig. Yeah. Uh, I believe, though, there's probably some mental stuff there. I mean, obviously. Yep. But he looks great. I mean, for him, hopefully he can come back and have a good year. That'd be great. That'd be the best story in hockey. Yeah. The best story in any hockey league if Tucker Tynan comes back and has a great year. And like we said, I said earlier that the Ice Dogs might be a tough team, tough out. They got guys that work and they upgraded everywhere. Mm-hmm. I th- that's a tough out. They had a good draft. Tucker Tynan comes back. What happens if they lead? What happens if he leads them to a playoff spot? That'd be unreal. 
I mean, 11-8-3-1 last year. I think was. you'd throw him into the goaltender of the year conversation. For sure. Even Come if the back, Ice Dogs play. say finished 7th. They finished 7th. It doesn't matter. Yeah, 7th. He Comeback player of the year for sure. Yeah. He wins comeback yep. player of the year for sure there. And yeah, he's in it. That'd be it. I mean, if you were to win an award, like because I mean, there's still there's still the guys that were in it last year. You know, um, uh, Brett Brochu, yeah, who we had on uh, earlier on. Uh, you know, pick one goaltender in Ottawa. Both of them have a good chance to <laughs> yeah, be there. Yeah, because I think Andre will be back. Yeah, I think he'll be back. Yep. I mean, they had a good draft. Well, even if he's not, coming. Will Cranley. Yeah, Cranley's good. And they have another good goaltender coming in. Uh, Colin McKenzie. Yeah, out of Waterloo, he's solid. I liked him. Yeah, so uh, that conversation will be there, and uh, um, and if you have a chance to, it's a very long article, but uh, up on the Ice Dogs website, our very own Joel Vanderland still doing work for them, and uh, he put out uh, one hell of a article on yeah, Tucker that's Tynan unreal. and his, uh, his recovery, road to recovery, I should say. Yeah, that's unreal, and I mean, he looks stronger as well. Yeah. It'd be nice to be able to talk to Tucker. It, it'd just be nice to talk to him about... He's probably gotten so much stronger because I imagine he's been in the gym a lot once he healed oh, yeah. before going on the ice. And I feel like he's probably gotten stronger out of it. It's crazy to think. I mean, you watched the last dance of Michael Jordan, right? He I goes, didn't. I know. I cannot believe that. <laughs> he, uh, I'm not a Jordan guy. I don't yeah, know. But you don't I'm have not. to be a Jordan guy. It's on the best. I'm not, like, I'm not even. 2020. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Twitter shit. Like, I like basketball, but I'm not like everyone's like, oh, LeBron's the best of all no, time. He's no, no, he's Kobe's not. No, Kobe's the best of all no, time. No, Michael Jordan. Jordan. I'm like, I don't Jordan. give a crap who the best Michael, of all time is. Michael Jordan is the best of all time. I really don't. Time. Michael Jordan's the best of all time. Okay. Yeah. I'll just say okay, because I really don't give a crap. <laughs> I, I don't care. I really don't. <laughs> You're rattled now. <laughs> like, I'm in his kitchen. I'm not going to go out of my way to watch something that I really don't care about. That's awesome. I've, I've covered basketball. I've done FIBA. I've done yeah, college basketball, it. university basketball. Like, the FIBA was cool. That was actually pretty sick. Um, <laughs> there we go. Kobe White, by the way, plays for the Chicago Bulls, called uh, called one of his games in St. Catharines. That's good. Um, but other than that, like, I, I'll watch the Raptors because they're good. How do you not watch them? Like, them, well, now the Jays. My first Raptors jersey was Jose Calderon. Really? Yeah. Wow. Got it in London, actually, at the National Sports in behind uh, in behind the hospital. Uh, is yeah. that Wellington? Yeah, I'm Wellington. Yeah, nice. That's where I got it. Twenty bucks. Hey, that's it was on a, sale. Hey, you know what? That's where I got my favorite baseball bat ever. Really, Marucci too. It had the like the tampered handle, you know, like where it's kind. It's not circled. Yeah. It's kind of like straight. yeah, yeah, yeah. I like. Those. I love those bats. Yeah. I love those. And I can't. I found one last year. Yeah, it got broken. Ugh. But that bat was forty five bucks at Marucci. Unreal. Wow. My favorite bat I ever had. That broke too. Right on. I got. I, if anyone sees a bat like that, let me know. I mean, <laughs> we just go way off topic. But about Tucker Tynan, no, but I was making the Jordan comment about how he went to back to school and he went. To, he was playing one on one, two on two, worked his way up, and yeah. his other leg was that the leg that was hurt was actually stronger than the other one. I think that his lateral movement, he was always smooth, mm-hmm. but I think he's a little quicker now. I mean, it's not a game or nothing. No, and but he looks pretty good. Watching the video, you can kind of see, and I'll keep it on mute just so it doesn't interrupt uh, what we're saying. Um, when, when you look at the video, just uh, the shooter that's coming, they're not hard shots. You know, he's not rifling pucks at him, and you can't. Yeah, but a lot of shots from in tight, like in the yep. slot area, aren't yeah. hard. Well, that's the first thing. You, that's what you have to start with. You have to start moving lateral, and uh, i looks... just seen the clip here. Ooh. Two players, you know, 
cross ice pass. You see him yeah. not fully slide over to but he looks really the most good, he can, though. but yeah, he looks really smooth. You see a lot of current goalies right now in the league that they're posting uh, training videos and stuff. Yep, Tucker Tynan looks almost better. He looks great. I mean, it's hard to look better in practice, but I mean, he looks good. He looks normal. It's yeah, and, and that's the goal of these guys that are helping them get back and helping them feel the puck again is shoot it at his block. And that's that's what you have to do in warm-up for hockey, too. You shoot it at yeah. his blocker, shoot it at his glove, you know, at that his chest. Pads, yeah. pads. Feel the puck. Yeah, that's yeah. what you have to do. And especially with this situation, the way um, it all went down last year, it's just it's something you have to do. And, um, you know, the fact that he was in Chicago and that uh, – um, Dr. Bradley uh, Dunlap at the uh, North Shore Medical, um, which is also, by the way, the same facility that the Chicago Blackhawks use. Yeah. Um, you know, he had a lot of help, and there's a lot of people that went into this uh, road to recovery for Tucker, and uh, I'm sure he's very grateful for it. Um, and just even even the Ice Dogs athletic therapist, uh, Chris Trivieri, like, it, yeah. it, it goes that far to how many people have been a part of this, and to see a man come back uh, with what happened and in that game against London, you just, you hope he wins 30 games. You do. You do. You hope so. Yeah, you hope he, <laughs> will that happen? You cannot not. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Depends on the team in front of him. I just hope, the. I hope he comes, he's going to come back. He's going to be back. Yeah. But I just hope he comes back and, yeah, wins 30 games. That'd be incredible. It'd be it, so nice to see that. Yeah, like his, his uh, stats last year before the, before the uh, game against London, he was 11-8-3-1. He had a 3.8 goals against average, and his save percentage was 9-10. And uh, those stats were fifth for uh, goals against and uh, second for save percentage among qualified rookie goalies. That's all. I mean, he he might still get drafted. He yeah. honestly might still get drafted. Yep. I, I honestly would take a chance on him. He's going to play. And like how you said earlier, it's his net to lose, right? It is. Um, yeah, because we can, we can run through this quickly if you want to, but uh, uh, you've got Murphy, you've got Tucker, you've got Sprawlia, you've got Rosenzweig. Osborne, McLean. And McLean and Osborne. Six. Yeah, that's a lot. I think I, I said my three at the beginning. Yeah. Ty, I don't know whether that's Ty obvious or Murphy. people well, think I'm nuts. Or... They just made the trade. They made the trade for Murphy. So yeah. you figure he's in. Rosenzweig, you can't give up on him. He's just a young guy. No. And he, you see what he's potential. His potential yeah, there he in took, the took his team to the uh, OHL Cup final. Yeah. Like he had Francesco Pinelli. He's a good player for, but like you have to have goaltending. That's to do Shane well Wright and, team like, they play. You know, yeah. 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 It's tough. It, I don't think anyone was beating them that year. Yeah. I don't think anyone did. So Branford tied him. Good old Brant. Not a big deal. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's and that's the that's so. the one thing that will suck is in Niagara the training camp all week at the Meridian Center, and it's free to come watch. Yeah, I'm excited. And that arena would be sold out if it wasn't COVID. If he when he's in training camp, there's no COVID, and oh, I guess be it'd be underway, be getting underway. Monday probably this week or so. Monday probably something like tomorrow. that. Sunday. I have Sunday, a feeling Monday. that that rank would be at least three can quarters you imagine, full. Can you imagine how many sports net like in yep. TSN riders would be there? Like for sure they would. It'd be crazy there. Like the TV coverage. Yep. People there. I mean, it's because it's not that hard with the bubble, right? No. Yeah. yeah exactly. Like, looking for stuff. That'd be incredible. Yeah. And it's not um, that far of a drive either. No, it's 
I mean, I do it a little faster than most people, but you know, <laughs> oh well. It's yeah. Um, it's, I mean, it's nice to end on a good note. Yeah, that was a fun one. Yeah, Marcus had a great chat. Yeah, I thanks mean, again to uh, Marcus Boudelier for joining us uh, again. Beckett Hockey, his article on uh, Connor McMichael. Solid article too. After you read Tucker's, yeah, better read this one about McMichael. Yeah, I I'll ret I retweeted the. Uh, Tucker one. I'll retweet them both. It'll be on our Twitter. Yep. Yeah, we'll have them both uh, at the Owen 60 podcast. Of course, Marcus also covers uh, the Kingston Frontenacs, and he gave us great insight uh, onto what they're looking like. Paul McFarland's plan. He talked a little bit about that. Uh, is currently you know, replay out. it whenever you want. It's out right now yep. on Twitter. So as we speak, you can see it on our Twitter. Yeah, so that ends show number 33. 33. Third of the way to 100, kind of. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> just under. And then at 34, we'll be just over. Yeah. Whatever. Halfway through, we'll pause. Maybe halfway through halfway the, sh- through halfway the through show. Halfway through the pause. show, we're the third away. Time out! <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, thanks again for tuning in. You can find this, uh, like always, uh, any platform, Apple, Spotify, Google, uh, iHeartRadio, uh, SoundCloud, whatever what works best for you. Yeah, I forget what else. I got dropped the let's go, Randall Gretchik. Yeah, you do. I'm in Jay's um, mode now. Yeah, let's we'll, go. Uh, Make it the playoffs. We'll uh, chat in two weeks. Yeah, then we'll start to crank it up. Yeah. Crank it up soon. Crank it. Play Save the goal horn. Uh-huh.